Billions upon billions of dollars is more than anyone needs in a lifetime. And by a long, long shot, we have this extraordinarily optimistic belief. And yes, I do appreciate it is a little naive, but we believe there is enough money and enough goodwill in the world to solve most of the world's problems. These noble thoughts were shared by Canvas, CEO and co-founder, and Australia's second richest woman, Melanie Perkins. Melanie's extraordinary entrepreneurial talent, her courage to innovate the graphic design industry, and her commitment to social responsibility make her a role model for a lot of people, but especially for people of color. POC, especially for the Asian community, for her fellow entrepreneurs, for her fellow creatives, and for her fellow women in tech. Melanie makes Canva one of the most respected and likable technology businesses worldwide. In this podcast episode of The Goddess of Technology, I'll be walking you through Canva's history its business model, its initiatives to give back to society, and key lessons learned from Canva's very own goddess of technology, its CEO and co-founder, Melanie. Welcome, willkommen, welcome, bienvenue, and maligayang pagdating at the Goddess of Technology podcast, your podcast on business psychology, culture, and art. My name is Marie, and I am your podcast host. Canva is one of the world's most popular graphic design solutions for both individuals and businesses. Now, I would like to learn from you. Do you know Canva? Are you already using it? If you are, I would love to learn from you what your experience is like with Canva via the contact form in the podcast description. Now, speaking from personal experience, I have been using Canva for years, um, but for the time being, I'm using the free of charge plan. But since I love Canva so much, I am considering upgrading to a pro plan. And so I decided to learn more about the business, about the leaders of this company. And I am just so impressed and so in love with the company culture and its values that I decided to share it with you in this episode. Well, again, I'm inviting you to let me know what your experience is with Canva so far. Well, Canva is known as one of Australia's globally most successful technology companies alongside Atlassian, which is a collaboration software developer that you might already know from your work life. Founded on the 1st of January 2013 in Western Australia by three individuals, Canva was brought into life by CEO Melanie Perkins that I have just introduced to you uh, a few moments ago. 
COO Cliff Albrecht and CPO Cameron Adams. You know the name Albrecht. I try to pronounce it as much as I can in an English way, but it does originally sound German to me. That I do struggle not pronouncing it in a German way. You know, in German we would pronounce it Obrecht. <laughs> so every time there is an English-speaking person who has an originally German name, I struggle with not pronouncing it German. So there are some. Maybe English-speaking people out there whose name is Müller or Schneider or whatever, and I really am struggling not to say Müller or Schneider. And the same thing applies to Cliff Obrecht. <laughs> yes,、yeah, so Melanie Perkins, CEO, Cliff Obrecht, COO, and Cameron Adams, CPO. These are the founders of、um, Canva. Canva employees are lovingly referred to as Canva nots. And fun fact: Melanie and Cliff, two of the co-founders, are a married couple, and they are considered as role models in the field of business, technology, and most importantly, social responsibility, making them a power couple for a lot of people in tech. According to an article published by Australia's Financial Review in March 2022, entitled "The Nation's 50 Richest Women Revealed," Melanie is Australia's second richest woman with 8.2 billion dollars, and she has significantly climbed up the ladder from the previous year in 2021, from the 12th. Place. So as you can see, she jumped from the twelfth place to the second, just really illustrating how successful Melanie actually is nationwide. Now, who is actually using Canva? So, customers include. People like you and I, individuals, businesses, but also leading global brands across various industry, not only tech. So yes, Canva does serve technology corporations such as my amazing、uh, previous employer, Zoom, and Salesforce. But also customers across other industries such as Reddit, Sony Music, Merit Hotels and Resorts, Amnesty International, UNICEF, and UNHCR are also called the UN Refugee Agency. So this really displays how Canva is really great at customizing their customer experience to. Different industries, and within these industries,、uh, across the different personas, because、um, the different industries and the personas within an industry, so ranging from C-level executives over to、uh, technical users, marketing executives,、um, developers, all these people have their own. Personal goals, their own key performance indicators, their own KPIs, and they all speak their own language, their own jargon, and 
Canva being successful across different industries and being used by different functions within these industries clearly shows their in-depth understanding of psychology, of um, their customers, and that is something that is admirable, but I'm going to get back to that in a bit. Canva's success is also reflected in some of the awards and the recognition they have received, such as by Fast Company, where they named one of the most innovative com companies in 2022. By CNBC, they were um, awarded as one of the top 50 disruptors in 2022. And last but not least, by Apple, they were uh, awarded the winner in the field of connection in 2021. So apparently their app in the Apple store has been helping people connect with each other and with the world around them. Now, I have introduced to you why um, Canva is successful and all the different aspects, factors that contribute to it. Now, I would also like to give you some overview, some more objective facts and figures on Canva so you can get to know this company on a more practical level. So its self-defined mission is to empower everyone in the world to design anything and publish anywhere. So it is meant not only for creatives who are very skilled with these design programs, but really everyone who is not a creative and who do does not have any existing experience and skill in the area of graphic design. And because of their national success in Australia, they have also expanded across the globe. So Canva is active in more than 190 countries, is available in more than 100 languages, and offers more than 15 billion designs to at least 100 million monthly active users or MAUs or MAUs and come to think about it how big this company actually is there is nearly no one who does not know this company and that is really amazing so apart from what I have previously mentioned, how great they are at adapting to different industries, they seem to also be very talented when it comes to localizing Canva. So not only in terms of translating the Canva app's content, but also to um, share content that is relevant for these specific cultures per country, because what is trending in the US is not necessarily trending in France for instance and they seem to know how to how to localize their offering which is really great so we now know on a surface level that Canva offers graphic design solutions but what exactly do these products and services entail what are these products and services well first of all it is important to understand that canvas 
products and services are both targeting B2B, business to business, so businesses, and also B2C, business to consumer, so individuals like you and and I myself. So these products and services focus on four areas, and I'll be mentioning the four areas first and then giving you some examples on every single area. So the four main areas are photos and videos, second, visual documents, third, marketing collateral, and fourth, print designs for physical products. Now, the first area, photos and videos, include a photo and video editor, YouTube editor, uh, also a an editor allowing you to make photo collages. The second area, visual documents, include charts, graphs, presentations, and a PDF editor allowing you to create exactly these documents. Third area, marketing collateral. So this is one of the areas that I'd say Canva is the most used for. And these include logos, flyers, posters, websites, social media content that you can use for third-party um, social media platforms such as Facebook and so on and so forth. And last but not least, print designs or physical products. So you might be able to imagine something there. So Canva does not only offer products and services in the digital world, but also offline in the physical world. So these print designs or physical products might include business cards, merchandising, for instance, in form of clothing, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and calendars, all branded to your business. Now, how cool is that? And across the entire globe, Canva has their partners, their suppliers that help them actually create these physical and branded goods and um, would help them supply it to the end customers. In addition to these, there are also product services and packages specifically targeting educational institutions such as high school, colleges, and university. So basically, all the products that I just mentioned, they are also available for educational institutions. However, their features, their designs, are tailored to these educational institutions plus these educational institutions also have additional features that let's say regular businesses regular people do not have such as integrations with third-party lms learning management systems which is very specific to these educational institutions what exactly does that mean so a use case would be a university using Canva and they also offer remote study programs where their students study 100% remote and they study via an e-learning platform where they can complete the modules. These e-learning platforms often work through a piece of software that is called Learning Management System or LMS and to make these learning management systems or e-learning platforms as attractive, as fun and engaging as possible, these universities might use Canva. 
And in order to use Canva with the, these learning management systems or LMS, you would require something called an integration. And that is something that Canva also offers to these educational institutions and many more other integrations. This is just an example. Now you can see how much of an impact Canva actually makes and what an added value it brings to almost anyone you could think of. But most importantly, how much is this? You know, in German, we ask, wie viel kostet der Spaß? <laughs> Literally, it means, okay, that's all fun. But how much is it? How much is the fun? Wie viel kostet der Spaß? <laughs> so here are the pricing plans uh, as of today. And today is Friday, the the first of December, I am pre-recording uh, these episodes. So there are three main pricing plans, starting off with a plan called free. And as the name might already reveal, it is free of charge. So users can register without paying anything at all. And they would be having access to a limited amount of features and designs. They would not have access to everything. And in order to have access to more designs and to more features, they would have to invest in a paid plan. And there are two paid plans. Um, the first one being Pro. And these, this price that I'm just uh, sharing with you is based on euro currency in the european union because that's why I, what i am european uh, i do not know for now what the currency is in other languages but if you would like to know how much canva costs uh, in your country i highly recommend you visit their website and to just check out the prices over there and uh, i'm sure that they'll be adapted to your currency already in euro the pro plan the first uh, of the two paid plans costs 11.99 euros per month which i believe is a fairly good price and you would definitely get more for your money compared to the free plan certainly and then the plan that gives you access to the most features to the most designs and to additional goodies that the others just an offer is called teams so the plan is called teams and cost in the eurozone 23.99 euros so differences between pricing plans access to additional features graphic design drafts more storage um and also as for the paid plans pro and teams you also have support packages which, is, which aren't available in the free plan. So what that means is that if you are facing any challenges, any technical bugs, or if you have any questions with the paid plans, Pro and Teams, you will be able to contact customer support agents that will be able to help you. This support is, again, not available with the free plan. So there you go. Now, as previously shared with you a few times already, Canva is a highly social responsible 
or socially responsible company which is one of the major reasons why i look up to this company as much why it inspires me and why i'm sharing it with you um hoping that it might also be a source of inspiration for you so we're going to be starting off with the values that canva has defined for themselves these are the values that are the pillars the foundation of the, the business culture uh, that the uh, Canva knots, the Canva employees are living and breathing. The first value out of three is be a force for good, making the world a better place through positive actions, inclusion and diversity. Second value, be a good human, value good communication. Be open, honest, and constructive with yourself, with your team, with the company, and with the world. Last but not least, the third value communicated by Canva is empowering others. Empower others. Empowering others to achieve their goals both globally and within Canva. Now, I understand that a lot of people might interpret culture values as marketing fluff a part of employer branding but that is not really put into practice now i'll be sharing some initiatives in the area of social responsibility that actually demonstrate that canva is living and breathing these values so first of all there is an initiative by Canva called Canva for Nonprofits. What is this? This is an exclusive program to which registered non-for-profit organizations and FPOs or also NGOs can apply to. If these organizations fulfill Canva's specific requirements, they'll have free access to the paid plan Canva Pro. In an exclusively version, an exclusive version tailored to nonprofits. Currently, more than 250,000 non-for-profit organizations or NGOs participate in those programs. So some of which I have mentioned when I shared with you one of Canvas biggest um, biggest customers, and these include Amnesty International. Uh, UNICEF or also uh, the UN Refugee Agency and so many more I mean 250,000 NGOs using Canva um, I have not researched but I'm wondering how many NGOs are there even worldwide it does sound to me as if most of them were actually using Canva I mean if it is for free under the con under certain conditions for example if you're a registered NGO uh, this is one one um, condition but if you're if you really fulfill all conditions you can just use it this canva pro for free and it is even tailored to what you need as an ngo like how generous is that this is uh, making an impact in the world in a whole different level next initiative that makes canva a socially responsible enterprise carbon neutrality so since 2020 canvas australian operations have been carbon neutral 
a year later, so as of 2021, their operations in all their offices across the globe, really all of them, including print and subsidiaries, are also carbon neutral. Meaning that Canva has now entered the beyond net zero phase, which is really cool. Now, in 2019, Canva joined Pledge 1%, a global initiative where companies give 1% of their profit, equity, product, or time back to their communities, which is really great. And hand in hand with this is the fact that on an annual basis, every Canva not, so every Canva employee receives three days of paid volunteer leave three days okay to support causes that are personally close to their hearts so they can just go ahead um use these three days off and just pick an organization that they would like to volunteer at so this can be anything from a volunteering with the elderly with children at hospitals uh, or also animal shelters whatever it is that is important to you personally and that is a really cool thing now we love canvas product and uh socially responsible initiatives but i personally believe that if a company is very successful um in a lot of cases people are also fascinated by the leaders associated to that business and in this case that is the truth truth so um as previously mentioned the ceo and one of the co-founders of canva is melanie perkins she's an entrepreneur in the technology industry and again australia's second richest woman with an estimated net worth net worth of 3.6 billion in 2023 also she is one of the youngest female ceos of a tech startup valued over a 1 billion so we're going to be diving a little bit more into the person melanie perkins who she is uh her history with canva what inspired her to create canva with her co-owners and um some key lessons that we can learn from her or that i have personally learned from her and that i'll be sharing with you and maybe if you would like to uh also allow yourself to be inspired by them or maybe if you already know canva and melanie perkins maybe you also have your personal lessons that you have learned through her uh, i'll be excited to learn about these from you as well uh, and yeah happy if you could share that with me via the the contact form in the description i'd be so thrilled to uh, to start a conversation with you um, about anything that we have learned from anything and anyone really so melanie perkins owns 18 percent of the company she was born on the 13th of may 1987 in perth western australia her parents are an australian-born teacher and a Malaysian engineer of Filipino and Sri Lankan descent, uh, which makes me personally very proud because I am also partially Filipina and um, also a woman in tech, which is why I feel that I identify with her. 
uh, and I'm sure that there are a lot of other people out there who can see themselves in her. At the age of 14, uh, Melanie started her first business and she sold handmade scarves at markets and shops in her home city, Perth. So as you can see, she already developed this entrepreneurial attitude at a very early age and she refers to this experience as her as a source for her um, business drive for her entrepreneurial vibe she said she never forgot the freedom and excitement from building a business and that motivated her to do nothing else in her life than just that Fun fact, in high school, Melanie had aspirations of becoming a professional figure skater and routinely woke up at 4.30 a.m. to take the to, to take the train to go to the training location. And that is uh, that really shows Melanie's discipline. And I can imagine that moving forward as in a business founder and owner that she took this this uh, discipline with her uh, that it has really become a uh, a part of her habits which I think is really admirable because I really dislike getting up early <laughs> if I could I would sleep in until 10 a.m every single day but my body my mind automatically gets up very early in the morning at 6 a.m and um the thing is that my most productive times and the, my personal focus times are normally in the morning until the afternoon until 1 p.m or something like that after that i'll find it difficult to focus but like from the early morning until 1 p.m that's when i can focus the most and if i think of someone getting up at 4 30 a.m i wonder if she still does that but i think if she wanted to be a professional figure skater i can imagine that she has trained in that uh, area for a very long time and that she still has that discipline really curious to know that if you are a figure professional figure skater yourself or also an athlete and you were uh, having certain uh, habits back then such as getting up early but you have retired from that athlete life do you still do you still do these habits that you used to uh, i'm really interested in learning that so following high school graduation melanie enrolled at the university of western australia and she majored in uh, some programs that really must have helped her with her career today because she majored in communications, commerce, and psychology, which I believe might all be very helpful for her job, although not, necessar not necessary, but in some ways helpful. At that time during university, Perkins held a part-time student job as a tutor for students learning graphic design. And in this part-time job, Melanie noticed that the challenges students were facing with learning design programs such as Adobe Photoshop were it would often take students an entire semester, an entire half a year in university to be introduced to just basic features of these rather complex design programs. So Melanie did feel a very deep need to develop an application that requires nobody to have existing technical skills. And so through this, Melanie identified a business opportunity that could help her help 
others. So as much as Melanie is a lifelong learner, at the age of 19, she dropped out of university to pursue her first business with her partner and later on CEO, COO of Canva, Cliff Obrecht. <laughs> Again, you would say in German. I think in English, it's Obrecht. Obrecht. How would you say it? I'm sorry, Cliff. This first business founded by Melanie and Cliff is called Fusion Books. And Fusion Books, what is this? It allowed students to design their own school yearbooks by using a simple drag and drop application equipped with a library of design templates that could just be easily populated with any photos and text of your choice. In the course of five years, Fusion Books grew into the largest yearbook company in entire Australia and expanded into New Zealand and even into France. Now, whilst Fusion Books was growing, uh, its users liked it a lot but wished to have more flexibility so they wanted to use the features that i just described not only for yearbooks but for other things as well such as creating marketing collateral or business cards and so they shared this feature request with the fusion book team a lot until melanie realized realized we do not want to limit ourselves to yearbooks only but we would like to offer graphic design features that are as easy to use to everyone and to different types of media and this is how canva was born and this to me is such an inspiring story and i'm sure to so many out there as well that i decided to share my key lessons with you that i have learned through canva and also especially through their ceo and co-founder the amazing melanie perkins so these are three lessons that i have learned um, first of all, put people first, starting with yourself, expanding your care towards your co-founders, employees, and customers, but always put people first. So how did Canva actually do it? So you see, you see this, that you see that Melanie puts people first, also herself, when she, when she had this intuition to drop out of university to focus on business foundation and developing fusion books back then. And she listened to her own intuition, leaned into herself and just did that. Although most of her classmates probably did stay in university and having that courage to do that shows a lot how she puts people first, including herself. This is not a motivation for everyone to drop university but if you have a plan that feels so big and also is sort of realistic to you then go ahead and do that although i do value education i do not believe that you necessarily need university although i'm someone who has graduated five times with five different degrees from university i enjoy learning and i learn a lot from these degrees but and also they inspired me to learn more in those areas so i studied international business management psychology as well as uh, business and it translating and interpreting 
uh, and German, French, and um, uh, and English. And I, although I loved it, I learned a lot, and it inspired me to continue learning it. I do, I didn't really need it to do what I do today, you know. So if you feel that you have a big, big dream that you don't necessarily need university for think twice especially if you're paying a lot of tuition fees but if you are unclear about what exactly you want to do or you're not entirely sure whether it has a future it is something that there's actually a demand for it that there is actually a market for it that there are actually customers for it then maybe you can stay in university and graduate and use that time to reflect on your business idea Another area where you can also see that Canva puts people first is uh, how they listen to the customer feedback uh, when they uh, were running Fusion Books. So just to sum up, the customers of Fusion Books said that they do not only want to use the graphic design tools to create yearbooks, but they also wanted to use these features to create other visual communication resources, such as marketing, collateral, merchandising or anything really but really just not limit themselves onto yearbooks and since melanie and her co-founders listened to that they created canva so put, putting people first always makes sense uh you can also see that by the fact um of what type of employee benefits canva actually offers so they offer flexible work models continuous learning opportunities and also a lot of communities that you can join on various focus areas not only on business and technology but there are also communities that that canva knots can join from game, gaming over to pastry baking so how cool is that and last but not least uh the putting people first piece you can absolutely see and how they cultivate a business culture prioritizing social responsibility initiatives that we previously talked about. A second key learning that I learned from uh, um, Canva and Melanie Perkins is to never give up. Never give up, guys. Never, ever. So according to an article written by Adrian Falk, and published in Entrepreneur in November 2021. When Perkins first attempted to raise money for Canva, she was told no more than a hundred times. Trying to raise capital was not easy, especially when she was based in Australia and approaching US investors. For many abroad, Australia is the land down under, a place too far away and too risky to invest in. But this did not stop Perkins. She kept persevering for more than three years until she met investor and venture capitalist and a fellow kite surfing enthusiast, because they kite surf a lot together, Bill Tai. Although Bill did not invest in Canva, he helped Perkins and her partner, Cl Cliff Obrecht, <laughs> connect with people who would help them grow their business. And last but not least, the lesson that I have learned is to create a business, focus on what you're good at, on what you enjoy and on what you can 
what you actually can make money with. There is this Japanese concept called ikigai, and it is very similar to this lesson that I just learned. So, create a business around the intersection of what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you love, and what people need. So, I understand that there are also trends and predictions out there.、Uh, yes, do educate yourself on them. And if relevant, consider them in your business, consider integrating them in your business, but do not just blindly follow trends and predictions. Always stay true to yourself. So, again, focus on what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you love, what people need, the intersection of that, and to create a business around that. So, as you can see with Melanie, she had this passion for creativity very early on, at the age of 19 already. And although the creative industry can be looked down upon by some people, and that is very sad because I'm a big fan of creativity and I'm a creative myself. So the creative industry is sometimes looked down upon as difficult, uncertain, competitive, and offering poor salary, whereas some other industry verticals within tech are more hyped, such as artificial intelligence, AI. Web three and cybersecurity. Whatever the trend was at that time, Melanie still stayed true to herself and to her passion for creativity and for creation. And she she really focused everything on that because that's what she loved. That's what she was good at. And there you can see, if you focus on that, you can really be one of the leaders in your own field. Also, the fact that. Melanie created a business around、um, these areas. So what she's good at, what she loves, what people need, is how she had this continuous personal commitment to social responsibility and to just overall helping people. I feel that when I sometimes speak to sales professionals, they would say something like, "Time is money." Or they would also they would sometimes make you feel as if just because you're not presenting any business opportunities to them, talking to you is a waste of time. So it's of course not all salespeople, but sometimes they give you that feeling. And yes, in the short term, you can be really successful by only investing your time and your attention onto things that give you money. But if you want to be successful in the long term, that means that requires you having good relationships with people. That requires、um, customer loyalty. It requires long-term、uh, customer satisfaction. It requires renewals of subscription. It requires upsells and cross-sells, which only happen if people have already been having a great customer experience with you repeatedly and over、um, over a stretch of time. And that is only possible if you are kind to people. So here you can really see, no matter what perspective you look at, being kind is always a win-win situation for you as a business person, but also as a private person because you would want to feel like a good person, right? Not to be validated、um, by others or to because you're a people pleaser, but for yourself, right? You would want to be a good person for yourself. So this is what I just learned from 
from this entire business profile uh, on Canva and Melanie Perkins. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I do. Um, this is the first uh, format that I'm trying, or this is the first episode on this format that I'm trying out. In the future, I would love to introduce you to businesses or overall organizations and leaders that personally inspire me. Uh, you might know some of them already, but maybe you would like to still learn more about them or you might not know them and find some new sources of inspiration for you, some new role models for you. Because trust me, there is inspiration in everything. Whether these organizations or these people are doing exactly what we are doing in our careers or not everyone can be of an inspiration to us and you can be of inspiration to everyone as well you might not know it but you inspire more people than you think and you inspire them more deeply than you actually think so I hope you enjoyed this much, this one as much as I did. If you have any constructive feedback, if you have any ideas on what other organizations, businesses, and business people you would love to hear more about, then I'm uh, inviting you to contact me via the contact form in the podcast description. Until then, I'm sending you a big kiss from Amsterdam. And thank you for tuning in today. Mwah.